guys, I want you to turn in your Bibles to the Gospel of John. And here we go. We've got this whole thing here. Um, no, it's not this one. Uh, Lord, help me find truth. And it's like we have got the truth of the Holy Spirit. That's what I want to preach on today. The Spirit of truth that's with us today, that's helping us. And we've got in John chapter 18 uh, and verse 37, Jesus is standing, interestingly enough, before a politician. And this politician was one of the representatives of the um, Roman Empire, which was the most powerful empire in the history of the world up to that point. And there's this guy called Pontius Pilate. He was the local Roman governor. And here you have on one side, there's Pontius Pilate, and on the other side is Jesus Christ. On one side, you have a politician on the other side, you've got a prophet, but more than a prophet. On one side, you've got someone who has got all the earthly authority of the most powerful empire in the history of the world. But that paled into insignificance when you saw that, in fact, on the other side was a representative of the kingdom of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, and I want you to know this, that kingdoms come and kingdoms go. Politicians, leaders come and go. Some of them are good, some of them are bad, some of them are indifferent. But I want you to know this this morning, that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that's the truth. And as they stood facing one another, as they stood facing one another, Jesus began to speak. It starts here in uh, John 18, 37. You're a king then, said Pilate. Jesus answered, you are right in saying I am a king. In fact, for this reason I was born. And for this I came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. And if you need help, you need to start with the spirit of truth, personified and encapsulated in the very essence of the person of Jesus Christ himself. And Pilate then said something completely crazy in the very next verse, what is truth? And here, this guy's moral compass was so skew-with, he didn't recognize truth as it stood in front of him. You see, to him, truth was relative. To him, there was no black and white. There was no absolute truth. Whatever was expedient, whatever would get the job done, he was prepared to bend the rules to accomplish that for his own personal ends and for the ends of the empire of Rome. He didn't realize that absolute truth was looking at him in the eye. And what all of us need to realize is this. 
while there are some gray areas in life that you and I need to work through and come to decisions in our own personal world, there are blacks, there are whites, there is absolute truth. Even the people who say there's no absolute truth in the world today have just established an absolute truth, that there is no absolute truth, and they will fight and they will die for the truths they believe in. But my friends, above and beyond all this, there's another truth. And Jesus said these words, I am the truth. Can I hear it? Give me some sugar over here. This is the, the good looking people on this side of the room. Here we go. But the intelligent people are right here. And the intelligent and good looking people are over this. And now I'm preaching. Okay. But Jesus said this I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And I just want to look at three things. If we need help today, we really need the Holy Spirit. And the Spirit of truth can bring us into relationship with Him. The Spirit of truth can reveal to us all that we can be and all that we can do in Him. And the Spirit of truth can anoint us so that we can help other people and bring that truth into their worlds, just like it's coming to ours. Can we give Jesus a big hand this morning? He's awesome. He's awesome. Okay. So number one, the spirit of truth brings us into the truth about salvation. Jesus said this in John 16 and verse 13. He said this, but when he, everybody say he. You see, he said this, but when he, the spirit of truth comes. Here's the thing. The spirit of God is not a vague entity. It is not like in Star Wars, an impersonal force. The spirit of God is a person that wants to come in you and come upon you. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. And then Jesus later on in John 8.32 said, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. You need help, you need truth. You need the spirit of truth. I can remember as a young man, last century I'm talking about, because I know you'll find this hard to believe, that, but that I was young once. And um, I actually used to persecute Christians. I was brought up in a non-Christian family, and in the early 70s, there was what was called the Jesus Revolution. That's when Pastor Phil and Chris got saved. They got saved in 1971. And a big move of God happened throughout the United States, through Australia and New Zealand. And Dr. Jones 
I, did I detect a slight New Zealand, not exactly a slight New Zealand accent? I'm surprised there wasn't subtitles as she was sharing around the offering today. Uh, whereabouts in New Zealand are you from, Dr. Jones? Auckland, I'm from Christchurch. Nice to see you, yes. Good to see the little Kiwi battlers are over here. Yes. And I used to live, so I used to persecute the Christians at school, and there was a big move of God. Hundreds of school kids were getting saved in my school, but not me. I used to, they used to sit outside on the grass and have meetings, and I would be kicking the football, so it landed right in the middle of them. A guy came along to preach to the Christian club at school. I went along and booed him. He's now a personal friend of mine, actually, believe it or not. And, uh, but here's... Here's the thing, and if you, you might be, you know, you might have people giving you a hard time at work or at home or at uni or at school or whatever, but can I say this to you today? The man with an experience is never at the mercy of the man who has an argument, okay? You've had an experience with God, and one day I, I used to rail against Christianity, I used to disagree with it, and then some guys started sharing with me their testimony and something of the Word of God. And I started to get a bit worried. I thought, gee, maybe I'm wrong. And they're right. So I went along to this meeting, and Brian Houston's dad was preaching. Frank Houston was preaching. And I remember I stood at the back of the meeting. And there was an old, I can still remember the meeting. I can still remember, this is 1976. I can still remember the altar call, people moving forward, get, coming forward to meet Christ on the altar. And as I stood there, refusing to go up, just but watching and engaging suddenly the Spirit of God began to move in my life. And I got this burning sensation in my stomach and I started, I was, wow, what's this? And then I started moving north. And I went, wow, what's happening? And then suddenly, boom, it exploded. And my wife will tell you that I've been having brain explosions ever since. I had a very, and I did, the power of God came out. And you know what? In that moment of time, I encountered, the, when I needed help, I encountered the Spirit of God, the Spirit of truth. I knew I was wrong and God was right. And a couple of days later, I went home, knelt down in front of the heater because it's pretty cold in New Zealand. You have to be tough. I come over here, Dr. Jones. I get, I'm a bit soft now living in Australia. You know, so nice over here. But I, you know, and I got down on my knees and I wrote in the cover of a Bible that somebody had given me a couple of years before, on the 19th of October, 1976, I, Mark Saundercock, a humble sinner, that's the last time I ever said that about myself, I repented of my sins and was saved. And I tell you what, there's nothing like an encounter with the Holy Spirit. We need the Spirit of truth to come into our worlds to help us discover salvation. Is that right? Anybody else? Anybody else had an experience with God? Or is it just me or I'm going to have a really good altar call for salvation today? Okay, a few people. Great. Number two, the Spirit of God helps us and brings us into the truth of our new identity in Christ. Your new identity. The Bible says this in Ephesians 1, 4, it says, God has predestined us from the foundation of the earth to be conformed into the image of His Son. Here's what I think. I don't know your past. I don't know your background. I don't know the circumstances of your conception or your birth. I don't know your past, but I know your future. 
that if you can get on the road and begin to go on a journey with God and with His people, that you will not only discover God and who He really is, you'll discover yourself and the person you could be, the person you should be, and the person you will be as you discover God. You discover, can we give God a big hand? Now, and I, look, I don't want to sound disrespectful. I'm sure there are people here who possibly even at the moment you're still involved in an Eastern religion or you've come out of that background. But Eastern religions talk a lot about self-discovery. But I want you to know this, that when you discover Christ, the greatest Eastern prophet, when you discover Him, you begin to discover yourself. And one of my favorite books in the Bible, um, only married people are allowed to read this book in the Bible. Um, uh, What book is it? Who can tell me? Song of Solomon. That's right. Pastor Alex began to read it on his honeymoon and he's been studying it ever since. I, I never preach this in church. I only ever preach at home to my wife. Then I have a, an altar call. Occasionally she responds, but not that often. But in the Song of Solomon, now I'm really preaching. Look out. Now I'm really looking out. The Song of Songs, it talks about, and it sounds a bit like a stalker or something, but it, this lady, this beautiful girl, she's inside her house and they've got lattice on the windows. You know, lattice, it's this wood. And it's like lattice. And she said, she says this uh, in Song of Solomon 2 verse uh, 9, she says, my lover is peering through the lattice. And I want you to know this, that in self-discovery, you know, I, I want to thank God for the Word of God because the more I read the Bible, and I've got a plan, I read, I've been reading the Bible every year in its entirety for the last 20 years. Every, every year I read the Bible through, but as I'm always finding something new, I'm on a journey of discovering God and, and the Word and, and discovering myself, and every time I look at the Bible... It's like every time I open it, I look and I see Jesus on every page. Jesus is looking back at me. It's like, and every time I read it, every time I pray, every time I'm in worship, every time I'm in church, it's almost like the lattice is getting a little bit wider and I'm seeing Jesus that little bit clearer. But behind Jesus, there's someone just peeking out behind him and I'm just beginning to see him and and that person standing with Jesus is me. Not the old me, not the old mocker and persecutor. No, no, the new me, the Mark Saundercock that I sh- could be, I should be, and I would will be the person that was predestined from the foundation of the earth to be conformed to his image. In other words, God wants me to be like him. There's a new me. There's a new you that you can discover as you go on a journey and, and meet Jesus Christ and you open the Word of God. But also, as you begin to pray, as you begin to seek God, you begin to find out not only who you can be, but what you should do for Him and how you can serve Him and serve other people. Now, God's got a plan for your world. First Corinthians chapter 2, 9 and 10. Now, it's going to come up. Just put up verse 9. This is a really great scripture. And it says this, However, as it is written, 
No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. Just leave it at that. No one, how can, the plan and purpose that God has for you is absolutely and utterly beyond your natural understanding it's so incredible, it's so exciting. If you got a revelation of it, you'd probably spontaneously combust. That's how good it is. It's God's not crazy at you. He's not mad at you. He's mad about you. He thinks you're absolutely fantastic. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're fantastic, particularly if they're cute and you haven't had the courage to say it up till now. Okay. And I used to be honest and leave this verse up here. I used to read this verse and thought, well, you know, this is a mystery. The new me, the new person I can be in him, I need help to discover it. And it's a mystery. I'll never really comprehend it. And then I read the next verse and 1 Corinthians 2, 10 says, these are the things God has revealed to us by his spirit. It's not a mystery. It's not a big secret. It's not super hard. You don't have to go to Bible college. You don't have to have an MA, a BA, an MA, and a PhD. Although if you've got a BA and you're born again, and if you've got an MA and you're marvelously altered, that all helps. I've never been to Bible college in my life. I've never been. I lecture at it. I've been lecturing there for 30 years. Don't tell the guys at Oxford Falls. Don't tell them. Don't tell them. But you know what? God has revealed it to us by His Spirit. And if only we would just begin to pause. We're all, anybody busy here? I mean, I'm busy. Mate, this weekend, you know, it's tough being in ministry. I want you to know that. I mean, get your handkerchiefs out. Get your, get your, I know you got your, you've got your um, tissues there. Friday night. I had to go out with a whole bunch of guys. They were connect coaches of the men's ministry at Oxford Falls. We went to Cronides and Manly, and we got a two-meter pizza. And I, had to, I was forced to eat my way through that pizza. Then I went home, went to bed, got up the next morning, drove back to Manly, just around the corner from there. And there, I had to go out to breakfast with the guys, and I had to go to a men's, but it's tough. I just preached at the 8.30 a.m. service at Oxford Falls. I have to get in my car. I have to come across. It's tough. I can see. We should have an altar call just for people who are just empathizing with me. But you know what? We're all busy, aren't we? But you know what? We, what we need to do is we need to take time out. In the middle of our busy day, we need to stop. We need to relax. We need to wait on God. Because Romans 8.14 Romans 8, says this. Those who are led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. They're the daughters of God. Like Elijah, now Elijah suffered a total mental, emotional, spiritual, ministerial meltdown and breakdown. He was toast. It was over. God managed to get hold of him, sent him to Mount Horeb, and he was on the mountain in the midst of his darkest days, and suddenly there was a mighty wind, but God wasn't in the wind. 
Then there was an earthquake that shattered the rocks round about them. God wasn't in the earthquake. Then there was this big fire that burned. God wasn't in the fire. But after the fire came a gentle whisper. That still, small voice, it says in the King James Version. But are we listening to the voice of the Spirit? The book of Revelation, time and time again to the churches in Asia, says this, let he who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. At our staff meeting just this week, Pastor Richard Forsyth, has Richard been out here preaching out here? Terrific man of God. He, said, he quoted Yongi Cho, and he said this, Yongi Cho, the pastor of the world's biggest church, says, I pray, I listen, and I obey. It's not rocket science. If it was, only rocket scientists could be saved. Have we got any rocket scientists in the room? You know what? I actually said that in America, and everyone started laughing, because there were two rocket scientists in the room. That is a true story. Isaiah says this, whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice saying, this is the way, walk in it. But are you listening? We need to ask God. In fact, right now, why don't you just close your eyes? Up to God. Why don't you just begin to pray? God, make me sensitive. Help me. May I be sensitive to that still, small voice. The voice of the Spirit. The voice of the Spirit. Saying, this is the way, walk in it. God, move in every heart and every life. In the wonderful name of Jesus. Be open to God. Thank you so much. God bless you. And I'm going to make my third point right now. The Spirit helps us and empowers us to bring the truth to others. You might just have started on this journey into the truth of Jesus Christ. You might have been on this journey for 10, 20, or 30 years. But we all need to take our next step, and Jackie was talking about that. We need to take our next step into bringing that truth to those who are around about us. Jesus in Luke 4 had taken his next step into public ministry. And in his first recording message, he quoted from the book of Isaiah, and he said this, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me. Everybody say anointed. Over here, anointed. The Spirit of the Lord's on me. He has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. We need to stop and wait, as the apostles did for 10 days in the upper room, for the Holy Spirit to come on us to empower us to be witnesses for Him. In fact, Jesus said this, You will receive power in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses. Last week, I went and visited this wonderful, mature-aged couple in our church, Bev and Stewie. And 
Stewie is 87 and Bev's 79, I think. I think that's right. And I was sitting talking to them and Bev last month was praying. And as she was praying, and she told me it was the 23rd of April last month, God began to impress on her heart the need to phone an elderly friend who was 92 years old in Victoria. And she said, oh God, you know, no, no. God says, I want you to ring her. I want you to lead her to Christ. So Bev picked up the phone. She rang her phone, her friend in Victoria on the 23rd of April. She began to share with her. She asked her if she'd be open to praying and receiving Christ. The woman said yes. She received Jesus as her personal Lord and Savior on the 23rd of April. And then she passed away into eternity on the 13th of May. Isn't it? This is this week I was visiting these people. And isn't it amazing, though, what God can do if only we are open to His Spirit? Not only listening to it, but then receiving the power to get out of our comfort zone, to walk across the room and say hello to somebody new, and to begin to share your testimony and God's Word in an appropriate way to that person. We need to be open to the empowerment. Now, here's the thing. You might say, well, I've, I've, I've been helped by the Holy Spirit. In fact, I've been baptized in the Holy Spirit 25 years ago. In fact, I got baptized in the Holy Ghost in 1977 in the front seat of a 1964 Vauxhall Velox car. And a guy prayed for me and I got filled. Anybody remember Vauxhalls? I mean, you guys, obviously, yeah. yeah. These old English cars, they're terrible things. But anyway, but I got baptized in the Holy Ghost. And you know what? I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit in 1977, but here's the thing, I filled my car up with gas last week, but this morning on my way to church, I had to take a detour because my light was on in my car, I was on empty and I knew I had to preach at Oxford Falls and get in the car and drive across, so I had to stop in and put 85 bucks worth of hard earned to fill the tank, now here's the thing, a lot of us have filled our tanks some time ago, but there's a bunch of people here and it needs to be refilled. In fact, the Bible says this, be not drunk with wine, but be filled, in its present continuous tense in the Greek, be being filled with the Holy Spirit. Tonight, wouldn't it be great today if we waited on God just for a moment and allowed and stirred up the gift that's within us and allowed a fresh move of the Holy Spirit to come on us. So not only have we been led to salvation and not only can we walk in that new life to discover all God has for us, but we can lead other people into that same truth because it's all about us needing help and that help coming from the 